Good morning and welcome to the service of Ladywell Baptist Church this Sunday morning. It's fantastic to be together uh, and to worship the Lord. And as we come together this morning, just a, a couple of things to mention to you. Uh, over this past week, we had uh, a prayer meeting on Wednesday night at half past seven on Zoom, which went really well. It was great to be able to see familiar faces uh, and to be together in that way when we've been apart for so many weeks. And so that will be the plan to continue that. If you would like to connect into that time of prayer, then please do get in touch with myself uh, or one of the folks from the church who can direct you to uh, the correct location for that uh, prayer meeting on Zoom and the password you'll need to sign into that. It's also good in seeing one another simply to be together. And so we're proposing that we organize over the, the coming weeks uh, an evening just 40 minutes on Zoom again, just to be together, no agenda, no topic to discuss, just a chance to sit together with a cup of tea or coffee and chat together with one another. We haven't been able to see each other for such a number of weeks now, and so we're going to provide an opportunity to do that. We'll send something out with uh, the information with our bulletin uh, and with our fellowship update that we send out each week, so you'll be made aware of uh, what day and what time that will be. It'll be an evening in the week, probably around half past seven, uh, just for 40 minutes, like I say. So again, there'll be uh, login information for that available to you if you want to participate in that. Uh, and if you want to get in touch with myself uh, or one of the deacons, then we can direct you to that. As we come to worship this morning, I want to read from First Chronicles. And in chapter 16, we hear these words. Ascribe to the Lord, O clans of the peoples, ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. Bring an offering and come before him. Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. Tremble before him all the earth. Yes, the world is established. It shall never be moved. Let the heavens be glad and let the earth rejoice and let them say among the nations, the Lord reigns. Let the sea roar and all that fills it. Let the field exult and everything in it. Then shall the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord. For he comes to judge the earth. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. Amen. We're going to spend our time this morning considering what it is to be patient during lockdown. We're going to just take a, a brief break from our time in Genesis as we have done over this Easter season. And we're going to ask that, that question, what is it for us to be patient during lockdown and how can we be praying that we would patiently endure through this? And as we hear these words in First Chronicles, we're given a, a hint of what that patience is in the closing line of that section where we read, Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his steadfast love endures forever. And it's that steadfast love of the Lord that draws us together this morning in Christ. It's that patient, enduring, always ongoing love of the Lord expressed towards us in the person of his Son that draws us together into fellowship, enables us to worship him. And it's for that reason that we are together this morning hearing from his word. We hear in James chapter 1, in the first eight verses, these words. James, a servant of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ, to the twelve tribes in the dispersion, greetings. Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, 
For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness. And let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask God, who gives generously to all without reproach, and it will be given him. But let him ask in faith with no doubting, for the one who doubts is like a wave of the sea that is driven and tossed by the wind. For that person must not suppose that he will receive anything from the Lord. He is a double-minded man, unstable in all his ways. This is the word of the Lord, and we give thanks to him for it this morning. Let's come together in prayer for ourselves, for our town, for our nation and world. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning as a grateful family, as grateful sons and daughters of yours for all that you have done for us in the person of your son, Jesus Christ. Lord God, you say in your word that your steadfast love endures forever. And yet, Lord, our experience of that comes in the most perfect form. Lord, were we to have heard it only, that would be enough. And yet, in the person of Jesus, we see it worked out, that you were pleased to have your only son killed on our behalf, that we might receive forgiveness for our sins, a pardon that we did not deserve. And so, Lord, as we come to worship, as we come to your word, as we come to prayer just now, we ask that you would impress upon us in ever greater degree just how deep your love towards us is. Heavenly Father, we ask that this might kindle in us an even greater love on our part towards you. Lord, this is needed all the more in our present day where we are experiencing great frustration, great difficulty during this pandemic. We are experiencing isolation and Lord, a great sense of loneliness. Father, we are going through a time of of wondering when this will come to an end, when our lives will return to normal. And yet, in the midst of it all, you are still a good, a wonderful, a grace-giving God. And so we ask that you would bless us with the knowledge, Lord, of all that you have done for us in Christ. And Father, may that uh, rise in us And cause us to worship you and to praise your holy name, regardless of our circumstances. Heavenly Father, we pray for one another in Ladywell Baptist Church in Livingston. And we ask, Lord, that you would bless our little fellowship here. We pray for all those who are sick, Lord, in body and in mind. And, Lord, as we think on them, you know their names. We ask that you would bless them, Lord, with a knowledge of your presence. We pray, Lord, that you would heal them and restore them to health and to strength. And yet, Lord, we confess that if that is not your desire, we pray that you would, Lord, give them a knowledge of your presence that enables them to endure this present difficulty, this present suffering, knowing that you will carry them through. You will always be their God. Christ will always be their Savior, that expression of love that never runs out, even in the midst of their greatest difficulties. Heavenly Father, we pray for the wider community of Livingston and for the work that is still ongoing on the part of our church and other churches in this area uh, to bless those who are struggling, who are lonely, who do not have enough to eat. And Father, we pray that you would bless our ministry to these folks, that you would encourage them, you would build them up, and that they would see the reason for our work. That yes, Lord, we want them uh, to have food. We want them to have 
Lord, companionship and company, that they wouldn't simply be lonely and isolated at this time, but we want them much more to know our Savior, to know through him your love that endures forever. Heavenly Father, we pray that that love would be expressed to the people of Livingston in such a way, Lord, that they would see and understand there is something different about what we do. Heavenly Father, we pray that your spirit would move amongst them, that you would convict them of their sin and save them, Lord, through Christ's work on the cross. Lord, this is a work that is beyond our ability, and yet we know it is something you do every day. And so we pray for these people around us, Lord, in Ladywell and in Livingston, and ask that you might bless them richly in that way. Heavenly Father, we pray for the wider situation in our nation and ask that you would continue, Lord, with our First Minister, Nicola Sturgeon, and with our Prime Minister, Boris Johnson, Lord, that you would continue to grant them wisdom, that, Lord, you would lead them and help them understand as this pandemic continues on and we begin to imagine, to think that there will be an end to it, that you will help them to understand when to change the circumstances that we are in. Lord, that you would help them to know when the right time is to begin to lift these restrictions. And, Father, that you would help them to um, persevere, Lord, even if it means doing unpopular things for the benefit of our nation. Lord, we pray for their advisors as well, both medical and scientific, and ask that you would bless them with wisdom and with clarity of speech, Lord, that they would be able to express clearly to our politicians, our leaders, our government, Lord, what needs to be done in their view to curtail this pandemic and see it brought to a timely end. Heavenly Father, we pray for the governments of the world. Lord, we know these are difficult times and big decisions are being made on an almost daily basis. And we pray again for wisdom and for clarity, for, Lord, an ability to look beyond uh, that desire to make quick judgments, rash decisions to gain popularity in the eyes of voters or in the eyes of those on, on the political side, one or the other. Heavenly Father, we pray, Lord, that right decisions would be made for the betterment of our world and for those individual nations that form it. Heavenly Father, we pray for international bodies, uh, Lord, as well, like the UN and uh, like the World Health Organization. And we ask again where there hasn't perhaps been clarity that there would be some. Lord, where there needs to be uh, right decisions made and right advice given, Lord, that it would come. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would do all of these things knowing that you are the one who oversees all things. None of these things are beyond you. And so we humbly come and submit ourselves to you and ask that you might bless our world at this time. Lord God, we pray that you would be with us this morning as we come before your word and that we would understand, Lord, what it is to be a patient people during a frustrating time. Heavenly Father, we ask this because we realize that we are a most impatient of people very often. And yet, Lord, we know that you understand and oversee all things. Nothing is coming as a surprise to you. And Lord, there is no impatience on your part. And so, Father, we ask that you would make us a little more like yourself in our time together this morning. Lord, bless us that we might be a blessing to our world, that we might proclaim, Lord, what it is to be a, a, a godly people at this most difficult of times. 
so that hope might come, light and preservation might come to this world as Christ has called us to go into the world and be salt and light to a darkened and a dying world. Heavenly Father, we ask that you would send us out as such people. And so, please, Lord, we pray, fortify us, build us up and equip us in our time this morning to that end. And we ask it all, Lord, in our Savior's perfect name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Well, how is your experience of lockdown going? It's been a number of weeks and we've just been told there are several more weeks to come and it can be intensely frustrating, especially if we're feeling isolated, if we're feeling lonely and, and a bit low about the whole experience. We just want to get back to work. We want to get back to church and uh, being with our family and, and with our friends. It can be so very frustrating. So how do we, as a Christian people, endure through this? in a way that honours God and at the same time acknowledges our frustrations, our difficulties. Well, in James chapter 1, we find God's people going through a whole set of circumstances that are uh, very difficult. And James encouraging them to be patient, to go through the experience and emerge out the other side, not just having weathered that particular storm, but more mature as Christian people as a result of it all. And so it's a great encouragement for us to come at this time where we need patience the most and learn what James understands as God leads him of patience, of true Christian patience and how we can grow in it. Patience is something that we admire in the driver behind us, but scorn in the driver in front of us, Mac McCleary said. Patience is something that we are always going to struggle to teach our children in this particular age because we have instant meals, we have instant everything, uh, Paul Sweeney says. There is no doubt that we all recognize the value of patience, the significance of it, the need for it in our lives, and yet it is something we constantly struggle with as individuals, as Christians. It's the one thing I hear asked for when I, I, I ask people, what can I pray for you? For more than anything else, it's always very near at the top of the list. I need to be more patient. So how do we grow in patience at this particular time? Well, it might help us to understand from this passage and from that reading that we heard at the beginning of our service what patience actually is to begin with. Because the world has a certain understanding of patience. We've learned it as part of growing up in our culture. But is that what the Bible says? For us, patience very often is simply having the right feeling about a set of circumstances. So we have to get from A to B, we have to go through an experience or we have to spend time with an individual and we want to get through without snapping at them, without getting angry or frustrated. It's about our emotions. And yet this isn't actually the definition that scripture gives of patience. Now, that reading that we began our service with um, has words that are repeated Numerous times, especially in the Old Testament, along similar lines of um, that the Lord is slow to anger. He is abounding in steadfast love. And, And those two ideas go together. And we find actually that we have these Uh, Two expressions used variously uh, throughout scripture to mean something similar, although something slightly different. Uh, And the two ideas are brought together to to reinforce uh, one another. So 
The Lord is slow to anger. Long-suffering is a word that we find used in the New Testament, especially when we're encouraged to grow in the fruit of the Spirit and so on. We are to be long-suffering in the circumstances that we go through in life or the people that we deal with in life. And that idea is one of gritting our teeth and just, just getting through the circumstance. So we have that. But on the other hand, we also have this idea of being steadfast. So the Lord is slow to anger and is abounding in steadfast love. And James uses steadfast numerous times in his uh, letter, in the reading that we had just a few moments ago that we're looking at just now. And that is the idea of going through a set of circumstances patiently because you are grounded, you are rooted in something that enables you to endure. And by bringing the two things together, the writer of Chronicles and the psalmist multiple times in the Psalms, and we find carried through into the New Testament, it is using the two ideas to reinforce one another. So God endures with his people through difficult times because they are constantly rebelling against him because he is love. He is the embodiment of love uh, itself. Because of that love, he is able to endure and the two mesh together and reinforce the idea of patience. And so James carries that idea on into the New Testament. And so if that is the idea of the definition of patience, of getting through, simply enduring through um, perhaps a long time of difficulty because of what you are grounded in, then how does this help us understand how we are to be patient? Well, we have uh, gone through an experience, haven't we, of God being patient with us. And so this helps us understand not just what patience is, but why we should be patient. And we would all recognize it's good to be patient. We've, I'm sure, even recognized in ourselves, but particularly in other people, we've experienced impatience, and it's not pleasant, is it? So we have some idea that it's good to be patient, but biblically, why ought we to be patient? Is it just that it's good not to be snappy with other people or, or to be irritable or to constantly demand what we want right now? Well, that, that's a part of it, but there's more to it in scripture that will help us understand how to live it out if we recognize it correctly. So patience is steadfastness leading to the ability to endure through something that is difficult. Patience of that kind is modeled for us by God. And that's firstly why we ought to be patient. God demonstrates this towards us. So a great example of that is you became perhaps a Christian, if you are a Christian watching this or listening to this, you became a Christian at a certain point in time. Now, up until that point, God had patiently been uh, going with you through your life Despite the fact that you were a sinner, you wanted nothing to do with God, you were rejecting him with, with every moment of life that you lived, facing the opposite way to him. God was patient with you. You were a sinner. God could justly have condemned you, judged you, destroyed you. He would have been perfectly right to have done that. But he didn't. He was patiently bearing with you to that point where he revealed the truth of the gospel to you and through the power of his spirit opened your eyes And gave you that gift of faith so that you were saved through Christ's work on the cross. As your sins were placed on him and his righteousness was given to you. If you asked for him 
to, to do that. You were given that gift of faith. God worked patiently with you through your life up until that point. Even as a Christian, after that point, you still struggle with sin, don't you? I know I do. And yet God patiently goes with you, leading you on, helping you to grow in maturity, growing in grace. And so the Lord models patience for us. Those two ideas that I talked about of being um, long-suffering and steadfast, being parallel together, are so very important for us to understand, to see in God and to see that that is how we are to be. God is not in a hurry. And we've experienced that in our own lives. But we see that in scripture, don't we? Adam and Eve sin. God tells them that he is going to bring a, a, a way of dealing with that sin about. Someone will come. And so thousands of years after Adam and Eve's sin, through Noah, through Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, David, Solomon, and so on, ultimately to Jesus, millennia pass and Jesus comes. And now 2,000 years after Jesus came and made payment for sin, we're still waiting for him to return and finally do away with sin altogether. 2,000 years. It's a long time, isn't it? And yet God is patiently working it out. And God is patient because he knows the end from the beginning. He knows he has a plan, a purpose. He is working all of these things out in such a way it will come to a conclusion at the right time. So he's not in a rush. He'll, he'll work all things out. He's knitting all things together so the conclusion happens at that right point. Jesus modeled that in his own life, didn't he? When he came, he spent 30 years being prepared for his ministry. And then at roughly, say, the age of 30, we don't know his exact age, but say it was around 30, he spent three years roughly ministering on earth and then was crucified. And at various times in his earthly ministry, he was going to be lifted up and proclaimed king by a group of people, but it wasn't the right time. Satan led him into a great time of temptation in the wilderness at the beginning of his ministry and promised to give him everything he was going to work for through those hard three years at the very beginning. You don't have to go through all that suffering, Jesus. And yet Jesus knew there was an appointed time for him to suffer and die for the sins of many. And so he rejected the quick fix solution. And he went through that time, that process. Patience is modeled for us perfectly by God our Father and through Christ. And it's expected not just that we see it, but that through our experience of the patience of God as he goes with us through our sinfulness to the point where we are saved and then to the point where he will call us home to be with him forever, that we will then live that out because of that experience and because of what we see modeled for us. There's a parable that Jesus tells of a, a wicked servant. The servant has a great debt to the king and the king seeing the servant can't ever pay this debt off simply forgives it an act of great love and grace and charity. But this wicked servant then goes and finds someone subordinate to him who owes him a tiny insignificant debt and will not release him from that debt until he's paid every penny. And when the king hears about it, he's furious. This person hasn't truly understood, hasn't truly appreciated the grace of the king, because if he had, he would have forgiven his subordinates dead. And so the king throws the wicked servant into jail until he's paid every penny of this vast, insurmountable, unpayable debt. Patience is expected of us by God, not just because he shows it, he embodies it as he lives with us but because he has had us experience it through Christ. We are only Christians because of the patience of God. 
We will only grow as Christians because of the patience of God. And as we experience it from him, there is an expectation that we will live it out. That's why we must be patient as a Christian people. Especially as we go through this experience of lockdown that we are enduring at the moment. We must be patient because it's who we are as followers of Jesus Christ. And it's what we've seen throughout all of God's uh, connection with us in our lives and throughout scripture. But we find that we should be patient also because patient is needed by us. It is essential for us as a Christian people. In the opening verses of this passage, uh, James says that his brothers and sisters are going to go through all sorts of trials and difficulties in life. They're scattered throughout the whole of the Roman Empire. They're a tiny Christian family and persecution is being heaped upon them. It's hard. They want it to come to an end. They want to get all of this done and out of the way so that they can just get on enjoying living as a Christian people with one another and with their God. And James makes a couple of points clear to them. You cannot fast forward through this process of suffering and of difficulty. It simply can't be done. And James doesn't tell them to pray that it would all be over in a hurry, which is really interesting. That's what we want. We want lockdown to be finished now. We want to get back to our lives. And the reason for that is the way of thinking of our world. Our world says, have everything you want right this very second. You, perhaps like me, have um, been aided in your time of frustration through lockdown by the internet being available. You can order anything you want online, pay for it, and it'll be at your door the next day or within a week or within a couple of weeks. You can have it almost instantly. If you want to watch something on the telly, you have hundreds of channels to choose from. You perhaps even have on-demand and and streaming uh, services on your telly so you can watch from a whole library of films and television programs and uh, whatever it might be. You can listen to audiobooks on demand. Everything is on demand. I want it now. I don't want to have to walk down to the shops and see if they have it in stock or anything like that. I just want it delivered immediately into my living room. This is the world in which we live. There is a demand that we get this virus under control and that we return to normal right now. And it's right that we should pray that the virus comes to an end because it's causing suffering and death. And and there is no denying that. James wouldn't deny that in this passage. But he says here that our growth as Christians is connected to our weathering this storm, not demanding that things are fixed immediately and scrabbling to to, to get it all done and dusted. He says simply, wait it out. You can't fast forward through this process. God alone is in control. And so you must simply wait for him to bring it about to a fit conclusion. You may labor to that end, but it will come in God's timing. It's like Jesus' ministry. Jesus couldn't rush it. It would come. He had to do the things he had to do and say the things he had to say. And God used that to bring about that end. But Christ couldn't hurry it. He couldn't rush it and neither can we. Neither is James saying simply be passive. So he's saying you you can't rush. But he's also saying it's not right for you to simply let go and let God is the language that Christians have sometimes used. We can't do that. Oh, God will just figure it out so we can be so laid back. We're horizontal about it. I'm sure you've known people like I have that are so laid back they are horizontal. They just don't care about anything. And so they're never impatient because nothing really matters to them. James doesn't allow for that. This does matter. And so it's absolutely essential that um, these believers engage their faith 
with what is going on in their circumstances. And so he says, as you go through these trials of various kinds, ask for wisdom in how to endure steadfastly. And as your steadfastness is exercised, so you will grow and you will see that your faith has become more mature. It will be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing, he says. Now, James is under no illusions. These Christians will never be completely perfect, but they will grow towards perfect maturity. And when Christ comes, he will make them perfect and complete. And so it's right that they engage themselves actively in this experience. They're going, applying their faith. And so it is for us in this experience of lockdown. It's right that we ask God, how can I be a more mature Christian at this time? How can I worship you more? How can I serve my brothers and sisters in Ladywell Baptist Church more capably? How can I love my neighbors and the people who live around me more in this time? God, give me wisdom to know. Give me opportunities and help me see them and and courage to to take them. This isn't revolutionary stuff on James' part. This isn't going to win him any awards for innovative ideas. This is quite simple and straightforward. It's what we're called to do as Christians because God is in control. He's in control of coronavirus. He's in control of our lives. And we can be sometimes a little uncomfortable saying that. But if God isn't in control, then why are we asking him for anything in prayer? If God can't deal with this situation, then how can he answer my prayer as I ask for him, his help to get me through this? God is in control. And James makes that abundantly clear when he tells them you ought to pray for wisdom in this circumstance. Because God knows the end from the beginning. God has planned out all things to lead to a right conclusion. And that means leading us through difficult times, hardships, trials, suffering. So don't give up. And when you want help, God isn't going to rebuke you. He's not going to scorn you. Like a loving father, when you come and ask him for the right thing, when you come and say, I want to love you more through this experience, I want to be a better disciple of Jesus, God's going to give you the answer to your prayers. It might not be the answer you expected. It might come through a different uh, set of circumstances to the one that you first thought, but he will answer your prayers. None of God's work, his providence, his working out of his own wise counsel, his plans in our lives in this world will be frustrated, brought to an end by a coronavirus pandemic. Our lives might be harder, but God is still working out his plans. Patience is essential for us as we want to grow as Christians' disciples, but it's also essential for the church. Because we're a group of people that have come together, aren't we? And we've come from all sorts of places and backgrounds. And we have all sorts of expectations on our lives and on what church will be like. And so if church is to flourish and thrive, we must be patient. We must bear with one another with uh, steadfast love. Slow to anger because of steadfast love. And so as much as it comes individually because of our experience of God's steadfast love and patience in my life through Christ, so we bear with one another patiently because of that experience, but as a group. And as we do so, we find that we are able to not just encourage one another, but make this church more capable in terms of its worship, in terms of its discipleship, and in terms of its reaching out to this world with the good news that Christ has come to be a savior of sinners, of anyone who will come to him and ask for forgiveness. 
We've all been given the same spirit. We have the same saviour. It is the same faith. And we cannot work without others. That's why we have been called into community. And that's why James is speaking to Christians all over the Roman Empire. We're not this vast army beyond numbering yet. We are small in our society. And so we have to bless one another and build one another up. We're the kingdom of God. We are embodying what God's kingdom will be like in some small way. And we need each other to do that. But it's also essential, not just for in here, so that we build each other up. It's essential for the world out there. We're expected, as Christ was patiently going with us through our lives when we wanted nothing to do with him, so we are to patiently go with others. Some people will come into our church who are needing help. And it might be frustrating for us that they are needing help for a very long time. And yet, how long did God bear with you in patience and in love before you were saved? And so we must bear patiently with others who come in. Help them to see, help them to um, understand, explain always, keep blessing them and encouraging them and building them up. Not being doormats, but loving them generously. And living that life out in community where we are, in our own homes, with our neighbours and our friends and our family, so that we are embodying what we have experienced, what we see modelled in Jesus, so that his kingdom might grow as it did through our experience. And so as the world sees and understands that we are different, so it is brought into connection with the gospel, with Christ, so that they might be saved also. All things will be brought to a conclusion. This pandemic will come to an end. But it's right that we walk through this experience with patience, with long-suffering, with steadfast love, so that we are built up as individuals, our church is built up corporately, and the world sees that Christ's people are different. So how do we grow in patience? It's the big challenge, isn't it? It's the one thing we want to know the answer to. And I have two very brief um, pieces of uh, advice that come from James this morning. The first is that we are to grow in love. James is a slave of God and of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now this goes back to um, the, the beginning of our time together where he sees um, the patience that God has lived out, expressed towards him and his relationship with God as being the ground of our patience. But also it helps us understand something, that God's patience is connected to his love. As God loves us, so he is patient towards us. That's why he sent Christ to be our savior. And so if we want to grow in patience, we also must grow in love. Because love leads to greater patience. Paul says in 1 Corinthians, love is patient, love is kind, it doesn't envy, doesn't boast, isn't proud, doesn't dishonor others, isn't self-seeking, isn't easily angered, keeps no record of wrongs. Love doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. There is an enduring aspect to every one of these words, ideas in this passage. Because love leads to greater patience. The more you love your children, the more patience you will have towards them. And it may not be the amount of patience that you want. And it's something I experience as a parent. I'm never as patient with my kids as I ought to be. And so the way for me to grow more patient with my kids is to love them more. is to see them as God sees them is to try and live out my life 
as Christ lives in relationship to his church, so I want to live in relationship with my wife and my kids to build them up, to bless them, to be more loving, and so I'll be more patient with them. And so I want to challenge you and encourage you, if patience is something you struggle with, grow in love, make that your priority with that person that you are uh, struggling with. If it's a group of people or if it's a set of circumstances, then we want to grow in our love towards that group or towards God. Because the more we love God, the more patience we will have when hardship and difficulty comes because the more we will trust in him. That is God's desire, that we trust him, isn't it? And so if we want to grow in patience, we grow in love. We also, if we want to grow in patience, need to grow in our prayer life. Now, I don't simply want to say, just go and pray more. That's the answer to the the problem. I'm, I'm not saying that, although it's good for us to pray more. But when we come to prayer, James says, doesn't he, pray and ask for wisdom and it will be given. You will be able to endure through. And so we'll grow as a more mature Christian. And as you go through another experience, you will go through... Um, go through that same process. It will cycle round and round. And so your faith will be proven. It will be shown. It will come to um, its full effect, as it were, and you will be complete and lack in nothing. And so I want to challenge you to prayer, to prayer for patience, for wisdom, to, to go through this time. And when you pray, I want to encourage you in two ways. Number one, pray in an ongoing way. Don't just pray once for patience and then never come back to it for six months and then wonder why you're not more patient. Pray every day for patience, but pray specifically. The second challenge I want to, to give you is to ask for a specific, what is it specifically? Is it an individual? And what is it about that individual that makes you struggle? Is it a set of circumstances or a group? What is it? Ask specifically. And when you ask for patience in that particular aspect of life, I want you specifically to pray for what you expect the outcome to be. Bring it all before God. What do you want the conclusion to be? When you're more patient, what should the effect be in that circumstance? How do you want to grow in your relationship with that individual so you bear with them more patiently? Bring it all before the Lord. He knows already. And yet the Lord knew when James encouraged the believers to pray. It's right that we go through the process as we grow in grace and in patience. Hardships are going to come our way. It's beyond question. Lockdown is going to run on for another three weeks. Maybe even for, maybe even more than that. And yet we're expected to endure patiently in a way that honors God, that glorifies Him in all things. So I want to encourage you, you can be more patient. You can get through this experience and not just weather the storm, but be a more mature Christian come the end. It's why God is leading you through it right here and right now. So don't resist it, but go through the experience knowing that as you do and as you pray and as you love God, as you love your fellow believers, as you love those around you in the world, so you will grow in patience. You will be more mature. You will be further equipped as a Christian man or woman, even in these difficult, dark and frustrating times. Be blessed and encouraged. The Lord goes with you through it all. So bear patiently with your circumstances. As we go back into the rest of the week, whatever that will bring, I want you to go knowing that God will go with you if you are um, 
a disciple of Jesus Christ, if you have trusted in Christ as your Lord and Savior, and so go in the blessing of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely, and may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless at the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. He who calls you is faithful. He will surely do it. Amen.